It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by Uncle Dave, NFL professional better, NFL professional handicapper. And I got Jay Smoove on the pod as well. He's just a true grinder. He does all the sports, but he's going to go ahead and jump in on some NFL stuff with us tonight. We got preseason. Uh, week one, we got Washington at New England. And we have Pittsburgh at Philadelphia. We'll go ahead. We'll preview those games. But what I want to do first here, Uncle David Smoove, I want to actually talk about these teams in a season long since. Let's start out with Washington. That team right now, 50 to 1 to go ahead and win the Super Bowl. They have a team total right now of eight and a half. Uh, there is a little bit of juice on the under four Washington. Uncle Dave, I'll start out with you with Washington. Overall, how you feeling about the Washington football team going into this upcoming season? Well, guys, I'm I'm uh, I'm drinking the Kool Aid here. A lot of people are high on on Washington, and and I can't disagree. I did bet them over eight wins, Sleepy. You know, I, I look back, and some people remember this was a seven win playoff team last year. Uh, it was also a team that had Taylor Henke start that playoff game, and and that was a game they actually could have won. Uh, and they had those seven wins in a 16-game season with Alex Smith under center for half of them and, and a combination of Haskins and Allen uh, being supplementary. So, you know, eight wins here. They're, they're telling us with the addition of Fitzpatrick and another game, they'll only be one game better. And I, honestly, I find that hard to believe. Uh, and, and don't forget this defense. It was sixth in points allowed, fourth in points per play. I mean, and they're only going to get better. Uh, with the addition of that uh, kid, Jamin Davis from Kentucky, the linebacker they drafted, who was arguably the most athletic linebacker in the draft. Filled another big hole at wide receiver and free agency. They picked up uh, Curtis Samuel from the Panthers. Obviously, there's a lot of familiarity there with he and Ron Rivera. Uh, they have an established system and a proven head coach, and I, and, and I think that's a big deal, the head coach. And I think playing in the NFC East only helps. You know, I, I think the Eagles, I'm, you know, we'll get to them. I don't think the Giants are making the quantum leap that some people suspect, and, and I'll put that on Joe Judge preseason here. Uh, and so giving them the best coach in the division, you know, they, they played 500 ball on the road last year, and in spite of that lack of offense, which they somewhat addressed, they still had a plus six-point differential last year. So I like Washington over eight. Uh, if you can get it, obviously it's eight and a half, so that would eliminate the push. But I'm uh, I'm sort of buying Washington here, guys. You know, I'm not against you there, Uncle Dave. I think the eight was the number that you needed. I feel like eight and a half um, is probably pretty close. In my opinion, you know, when I look at their strength of schedule, I have a feeling like Washington kind of has to be one of those teams where, you know, we've seen in the past where teams could just ride that defense throughout the entire season. I think they have, you know, that type of defense this year. As far as the offense is concerned, you know, I think that they will struggle at times. It's not exactly the strongest of offenses, and I think a lot of that, you know, has to do with you know Fitzpatrick at the helm. You know, he's getting older. You got to wonder with no years under his belt with this particular team, you know, how he's going to end up doing. I like Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick coming out of the backfield. I think they'll be good. McLaurin, Samuel, they're going to be okay. You know, from what I've heard, they're using a lot of Adam Humphreys. You know, with Fitzpatrick right now, those guys are getting along great. More than likely, Adam Humphrey is going to come out of the slot, and then you have Logan Thomas. So it's an offense that's unproven, but I believe that they can go ahead and grow, but their schedule is not going to be exactly all that easy. So if the defense can go ahead and put the offense you know, in some pretty good positions, well, then I think Washington will go ahead and put some points on the board. I agree with you there, Uncle Dave. I'm not really super high on the Giants having a big breakout season. 
Uh, same goes for the Eagles. I think there's going to be a lot of struggles there. And I think a lot of it's going to come down to, you know, for that particular division, you know, what does Dak look like? And is that Cowboys defense, you know, going to be much more improved than than what it was last year because it has to. So I feel like you made a good bet there, Uncle Dave, you know, playing Washington over eight. I feel like eight and a half is probably the right line now. Uh, for me personally, I probably won't go ahead and put any money down, you know, on that particular number. I'm a little bit optimistic on Washington. I think if Fitzpatrick comes in and plays well, you know, as we've seen in the past, you know, if he's running and gunning, he likes to sling the ball around. Uh, they do have a speedy wide receiver core. You know, if they get behind some secondaries, uh, we could see that team go ahead and put up some decent point total. Smooth, how you feeling about Washington for this upcoming season? I love what they did on the defensive side of the ball last year, but I'm a little bit paused on, you know, going in and being optimistic on them this year. I think they benefited a little bit from a, a little bit of an easy schedule. I think they faced the ninth easiest schedule of offenses last year. But you can only care the business that's in front of you, which they did really well. So I think, you know, with them, you know, having a shot at hitting that over for their uh, win total this year, I think their offense is going to have to, you know, take a big leap or at least be somewhere around league average hovering around that, you know, bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously, he's not a um, one of the elite quarterbacks, but, you know, we've seen enough of him to know that he's capable of, you know, playing well in this league. Um, last year, he had the sixth best QBR, and they did bring in some weapons, you know, like Uncle Dave mentioned, you know, bringing in Curtis Samuel. I also like the Adam Humphreys uh, addition to pair with Terry McLaurin. I think he was, you know, one of the best wide receivers that didn't get a lot of uh, a lot of attention last year, mainly because of the quarterback situation in Washington last year, playing Haskins, Heineke, and, you know, Alex Smith that was coming off a gruesome injury. You know, their offensive line wasn't that good last year either. So I think if they can be a little bit, if that unit can be a little bit better, uh, along with adding, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and getting a, a healthy Antonio Gibson, I think, you know, with that, you know, them having a chance to hit over their win total, I think their offense is going to have to take a bigger leap. This NFL, uh, the NFC East division, you know, tends to beat up on each other quite a bit. I think the Eagles will be a little bit better if they can have better health. Uh, also with Dak Prescott coming back to the Cowboys, I think it'll be hard for them to get wins, but as long as this offense can take a step forward and take some pressure off of that defense, they should have a good shot of going over their win total. All right. So it sounds like we're all pretty much optimistic, at least for Washington. Let's talk about new England. Uncle Dave, this is your team. You know, this team inside and out. And last year, I think it's fair to say that the Patriots, you know, they struggled last year, but I don't believe that that was the new England team that I just don't believe that that was the new England team that, is going to take the field this year. Now, I know they had some key additions, but I just felt like with COVID last year and guys opting out, you know, bringing in a new quarterback and Cam Newton, that the Patriots were kind of just going to go ahead and take a walkthrough type of approach last year and really try to push, you know, the pedal to the metal, you know, near the end of the season with more of their focus, you know, going into this year. Now they have 37 to one odds to go in and win the title and they have a total right now of nine wins and there is a lot of juice on the over. So it seems like the betters are going ahead and betting new England over uncle Dave. I'll let you rip and run on new England first. This is your team. You know them best. How are you feeling about the Patriots heading into this season? Well, I'm trying not to be a homer here, sleepy, but I do like their win total over. I mean, you know, just look back at last year, they were one of the worst offensive teams in the league. I mean, it's hard to imagine them not being any better. Uh, we, we know the quarterback situation and, 
You know, although Newton's never going to see his player of the year days again, he can't be any worse. Uh, and if Mac Jones starts, I think he's the better option. Um, but, you know, I, 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 you know, whoever's going to turn the ball over the least is going to start. Uh, but they played last season with essentially no tight end, which they addressed with uh, signing Hunter Henry, who is now nicked up. But they also played last year with no wide receivers. They had Bourne and Aguilar. Uh, so, again, they have nowhere to go but up on offense. And, and they were, as you mentioned, perhaps the hardest hit by COVID opt-outs last year, uh, most notably Hightower, who's back. Um, they bring back Kyle Van Oy, who had a little stint in Miami, and before he left New England, he was their leading tackler. They had Matt Juden. They had Adrian Phillips at cornerback. So uh, playing last season as shorthanded as they were, they were still the seventh-best scoring defense in the NFL, and they still won seven games. You know, I, I think they're markedly better on both sides of the ball, uh, which I think accounts for a couple of wins. The 17th game accounts for a third. They got five of their first seven games at home. Uh, with the two road games there being at the Jets and at the Texans, obviously both winnable, uh, gives them every opportunity to get out fast and build. So I'm actually thinking that their win total is probably set a little too low. All right, so there's Uncle Dave. Said he's not going to be a homer, but he thinks the Patriots' win total is a little bit too low. What about you, Smooth? How are you feeling about New England going into this year? Well, Uncle Dave doesn't have to be a homer for him, but I certainly will. You know, I'm pretty high on the Patriots. Um, you know, they last year they had a lot of players opt out. Actually, they had a, a league high of players opt out due to COVID of eight players, and a lot of those guys came on the defensive side of the ball. And then on the offensive side of the ball, like Uncle Dave already mentioned, you know, they have probably the worst uh, group of wide receiver tight end positions. And, you know, that tight end position, um, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, they put a lot of stock in that position over the decades with either, you know, led by Rob Gronkowski when his time was there or even going back to when they had the tandem of Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Just having tight ends like that just caused a lot of matchup problems. And last year, they just didn't have the uh, the ability to expose defenses from that position. And I like what um, they did in the offseason by going out and getting Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith from the Titans. If those guys are able to stay healthy, um, I think you'll see a lot more of, you know, two tight end sets or having one of those guys at the tight end spot, putting one guy out wide as a wide receiver and just doing a lot of different things that they weren't able to do, you know, last year. And, you know, I like Cam Newton. Um, I thought he was playing pretty well uh, until he, you know, came down with COVID and never really rebounded uh, from that once he came back. But I think he'll be a lot better this year, you know, having an offseason, having a training camp, having some preseason uh, games under his belt. So I think he'll be a lot better um, you know, just having more experience going into year two in New England and also just going back and looking at his time in Carolina. You know, he was really comfortable and successful targeting the tight end position in Greg Olson. So you give him two decent to above average tight ends in Smith and Henry, uh, he should be a lot better. And plus, you're getting some guys back that opted out from COVID last year with the additions that they made in the offseason, you know, on offense and defense. You know, I'm really, I'm really high on the Patriots. Um, I think the Dolphins could struggle a little bit. They're not really sold on Tua out there. I think the Bills are still in a, a proven situation, um, showing that last year wasn't a fluke behind Josh Allen's breakout year. So I like the Patriots. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they won that division, and I definitely like their win total going over the nine. All right, so Smooth sounds optimistic. I'm optimistic as well. On New England, I don't know if I would take them to go ahead and win 10 games, but what I do like about this team is the fact that they went ahead and they filled a bunch of holes. You know, they brought in 
football guys, guys that they needed to go ahead, you know, and, and fill in for the quarterback position because if it was all going to be on Cam this year, you know, with the question marks, it's like, you know, where 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 are they going to go? We know, you know, that the NFL really revolves their when around their teams, you know, around the quarterback. And I think Mac Jones will play at some point if Cam doesn't go out and show that he can go ahead and lead a team, you know, you know, to at least a playoff push. You know, they were really weak at the wide receiver position and they bring in Aguilar like Uncle David mentioned, but there were guys sitting on that roster, guys like Nikhil Harry, who, you know, have been injured, haven't stepped up. And the fact that they brought in, you know, a couple other wide receivers, I think it's going to push for a, a big, big competition there. And we're going to see the cream rise to the top. And I think the Patriots wide receiver core will be a little bit better. Their linebacking core was messed up last year. Defensive line, they bring in, you know, as I mentioned, football guys, guys that Uncle David mentioned, to go ahead and kind of fill those holes. So I felt like the Patriots did a very, very good job this year of filling those holes. Smooth, you had mentioned John o. Smith and Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry just got hurt, but I feel like he'll be, you know, he, he'll be fine. He'll, he'll be ready to go, you know, when the season starts. But that's a pretty good tight end tandem of, of Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. And then when you go ahead and you mix in guys like Aguilar, you mix in the backfield, which I think there's a lot of guys in that backfield that are going to be competing tonight. Uh, maybe for, you know, a third roster spot, fourth roster spot. So um, the Patriots have guys now. You know, they went out and they had, I'm going to say, probably one of the more impressive off seasons that they've had in a very long time. I think they did a very good job, uh, even in the NFL draft, which, you know, they haven't really been that great, you know, picking up certain players in the draft. But I think this year they did a pretty good job. So now I'm optimistic on the Patriots this year. I think that they'll certainly do much, much better than they did last year. I'm just not sure if they're a 10-win football team, but do you really want to fade a guy like Bill Belichick when he has a full stable of people you know that he can work with and get the best out of? Because he, that's one of the things that he does best. He finds out what you can do best, and he uses you, you know, in that type of role. And and with McDaniel there, I think that Patriots offense and that Patriots defense will be, you know, pretty much improved this year. But with all that said, for those two teams, why don't we talk about the game tonight? Washington's going to be a minus one and a half point favorite. Uh, right now, we have a total around 36, 37. Uh, the total has slid down a little bit. Uncle Dave, I'm going to let you go ahead and rip and run on this one first. Games played in New England tonight. As I had mentioned, Washington minus one and a half point favorite. How are you feeling about that game for this evening? Yeah, I mean, this is a game that, that, that depending on what you what you like, might have been better off bet uh, before today. Uh, but, you know, since we are on today, my first impression is like, holy total which skyrocketed. Uh, I think some books opened it under 33, went up to 37 and a half. And, and that's a massive move, especially for a preseason game. Uh, and with that said, uh, one can only assume it's not for no reason. But to figure out who's going to win the game, I think you got to figure out who's going to score all those points. Uh, I think it's way too late for me to take the over. Uh, in fact, I would expect some buyback at some point. And we talked uh, before we started recording that it looks like that total is starting to tick back down as uh, some of the early betters that got the over at great numbers are trying to middle that one. So as far as betting this game today, the total's off limits for me. Although if, if you made me, I would now look at the under uh, just because that's probably where the value is. As far as the side, uh, because there's so many one-point preseason games, um, you know, coaches don't want overtime. They, they won't kick the tie late. They'll go for two. I can't lay points. I think if you like Washington, you have to play the money line. Uh, as far as the Patriots, we know Newton and Jones are going to play. We assume New England wants to work on that passing game, uh, but I don't trust either of them at this point. Washington's planning on playing starters. 
uh, Rivera publicly said so, and, uh, and Fitzpatrick is going to play, uh, and uh, uh, Rivera has set expectations of what he wants to see, especially quarterbacks. So they're going to work on their offense. You know, both defenses are pretty well set, uh, and they're both pretty elite. Uh, but but I think both offenses really, really need work, and I'm sure that's why the total went up. But with so many new pieces on offense uh, on both sides of the ball, I do wonder about the timing early, uh, which is why I do lean under a little bit. But with Fitzpatrick, you know, he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. Um, he was pretty public recently about uh, his, losing his job to Tua last year. Uh, so if I'm betting the side here, Sleepy, I'm going to take the unknown out of the second half, and I might bet Washington for the first half. But I think I like New England for the game, you know, plus a point and a half, because I think when you get into the, the second, third, and fourth strings later in the game, or third and fourth, or however it turns out, I think New England is just exponentially deeper than Washington. So I do like New England for the game. I won't disagree with either of those picks there, Uncle Dave. I think one of your big reasons, and the, and the guy you probably didn't mention for the Patriots, is probably quarterback Hoyer. He can go out there and he could pretty much go ahead and get a second or a third unit going because, you know, primarily that's been, you know, what that guy's had to deal with, you know, over the last, what, decade of his career, you know, dealing with those types of players. And he knows a lot of the guys on that Patriots roster. I think Hoyer actually do a pretty good job in the second half. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the over in this one, Uncle Dave, I think for for good reason. You know, one of the reasons why these lines tend to run, you know, in preseason is you end up with the beat reporters and they come out and they say, you know, here, here's what here's what the game plan might be. They're digging into this interview, digging into that interview, and this total's gone up. And, and it's not just because the public um, just wants to go ahead and bet the overs. We've seen preseason games where, you know, all of the totals go down. That That's not uncommon, but – um, you know, scoring is probably going to end up being up, I would assume, you know, for this for this year's preseason because we only have three games. I think that both teams know who their quarterbacks are going to be and who their running backs are going to be. But they do have, you know, a couple holes in the running back positions for each squad. And I believe it's going to be probably the McKissick and more than likely the James White role that they're going to be looking for their backup guys. So I could see the running backs who are in the game tonight actually taking over, you know, a lot of the, you know, passing out of the backfield type of stuff. I think that that's something that we could see. I think we're going to see a fair amount of passing today. As I mentioned, Hoyer, you know, he's he's going to get a lot of the unproven guys who are trying to make the squad. Uh, he's going to go out there. He's going to do the best, you know, to go ahead and remain, you know, the team's, you know, third string quarterback. But, you know, to see if Nikhil Harry is, is ready to go and to see if, you know, Jonu Smith is, is ready to go in and, and, and fill in and, and, and be that guy if Hunter Henry, in fact, does go down, you know, with, with another injury. But I think, you know, Fitzpatrick, he's probably going to get a couple reps tonight. But I think Heineke's the guy that has something to prove there, Uncle Dave. I don't think it is Fitzpatrick. I think Fitzpatrick is is 100% going to end up being the starter. But, you know, Ron Rivera has mentioned, you know, Heineke and Fitzpatrick, they're going to go ahead. They're going to battle it out. And I think you're going to see Heineke probably for maybe a little bit more than a quarter and then I think they're going to end up moving to Montez, and he hasn't been good. Uh, what I've read throughout the reports is that, you know, he's making a lot of mistakes. He's trying to do way too much instead of just making the right play. I believe he's finished off, like, I want to say, like, his last couple of practices, they've all ended with interceptions. So I wonder if he goes out and he actually turns the ball over and he can't even move the ball, you know, if New England ends up in a favorable position you know, with Hoyer, which I kind of, you know, go back to what you said there, Uncle Dave, 
like in the Patriots for the game. I think if you give Hoyer, you know, a short field, um, that that could end up being, uh, you know, pretty beneficial to the Patriots. Both teams have strong defenses, and I don't think they have a whole hell of a lot of holes to fill. I think you're going to see a lot of third and fourth string guys, you know, on the defensive side for a large majority of this game tonight because they do have a couple holes to fill on each side, but it's more, you know, to go ahead and try to smooth out, you know, the depth chart. So uh, I think we see a lot of passing tonight. I think I think all the quarterbacks who are going to end up playing this game tonight uh, have incentive to go out there and do well, and I think a lot of it's just going to come down to, you know, what wide receivers and what running backs who are pass catchers, you know, we're going to end up making the roster and, and, you know, going ahead and moving up, you know, within the starting role. So I think we see a lot of passing tonight. And I don't believe that either team really needs to work on their running game, nor, you know, do they want to go out there and jeopardize, you know, their starting running backs uh, getting hurt in, in, in pretty much a meaningless game. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the over in this one. Uh, 36 is the number that I'm seeing right now. Uh, pretty much at a lot of the books right now on pregame.com game center. So that's a pick that I'll give out no official play on the side, but I do like uncle Dave's picks uh, with Washington in the first half and new England for the game smooth. I'll let you rip and run on this one. What do you got Washington, new England? Yeah, I like, I like new England uh, on the side here. Um, I like the quarterback rotation between uh, Cam Newton and Mac Jones playing. And then when it comes down to either uh, Brian Hoyer or Steven Montez, um, probably late in the third quarter and in into that fourth quarter, I'll give the edge to Brian Hoyer. You know, he's not, you know, the type of regular season quarterback you would want out there. But in the preseason, he has been shown to make some make some plays and put up some points, especially on, you know, third and fourth string uh, defenses. So I give him the edge there. And then just looking at, you know, Washington's defense, yes, they have a great, uh, you know, first unit, but not too sure how much, you know, they'll play with them, you know, pretty much being, you know, established and solidified as a, as a great defense. So, you know, when those guys come out, they don't really have a lot of depth behind them. And then just between Cam Newton and Mac Jones, um, like I said, they're both expected to play tonight, but I think you'll see more Mac Jones. And Bill Belichick is a type of coach that, you know, he wants to, you know, get a lot of reps for guys, um, you know, especially some of his starters and some of his players that are, you know, expected to play. So um, I think Mac Jones will have that advantage as well. You know, with the reports coming out of training camp that he's been playing pretty well and some players, you know, calling him pretty special. So um, with him having the advantage going up against some second and third string units, I think that's when the Patriots will have a good opportunity to kind of separate themselves and put up some points here. So I'll back the Patriots here in this spot. All right. It's all stuff there from Jay Smooth. He's going to go ahead. He's going to back New England. All right. So before we jump into the game, let's go ahead and talk about the teams. Uh these teams I probably know better than most being that I'm from Pennsylvania. So, you know, I'm around a lot of Pittsburgh fans, a lot of Philadelphia fans. Uncle Dave, right now, Pittsburgh, their season win odds, their Super Bowl odds, 44 to 1 to go ahead and win the Super Bowl. Their season win total, 8.5. A uh, little bit of juice here on the under, under 130 on Pittsburgh, 8.5. I'll let you go ahead and talk about the Steelers first for their season outlook. How are you feeling about them? Well, I'm going to give you my take, and then I'm, I'm going to wait for yours because I think that I am on the very uh, very square side here. I, I like the over. I mean, this was a 12-win team last season, and, you know, while I don't expect Roethlisberger to play the level he had been prior to his injury, um, this was a team with little to no running game last year, actually none, uh, and little to no offensive line. And, and despite that fact, they were 12th in scoring offense. So, you know, enter Najee Harris, who – He's, he's a huge upside, and his big upside in that offense is his pass catching out of the backfield. 
he got 43 passes in his senior year at Alabama. I remember that's in, you know, roughly 13 games, which is that's as many as, as, as Snell and Connor caught combined last year in 16 games. And he's also an elite blocker. Uh, so with that said, just with Harris alone, and normally I, I don't think a running back is going to upgrade an offense that much, but you know, here I'm going to say it does. You know, he didn't get drafted as high as he did for no reason. And, and you know, defensively, uh, they probably have the best free safety in the game in Mika Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, T.J. Watt's got his contract issues going on right now, but he's the reigning defensive player of the year. Uh, they will also have played and did play in the Hall of Fame game, which gives them a full four-game preseason. So, you know, I don't understand how a win total several games less in a longer season. I mean, that's hard to fathom for me, even in the AFC North, where everybody but Cincinnati is expected to be better. And, and as you said, the under is juiced. So, you know, to me, I, this looks media-driven, not reality, with the with the fifth-best scoring defense. They they may not win their opener in Buffalo, but they may be more competitive than people think. But the schedule sets up with an above-average chance of winning, I think, four of the next five games. They also get the Bears and Lions at home. So, you know, they don't have to play above their pay grade to win nine games. So I'm, I'm higher on Pittsburgh than maybe you and some other people are. Uh, so I will... I will show myself out and, and hear what you guys have to say. All right. Well, let's jump over to Smooth first, and then I'll give my final take on the Steelers. Smooth, how are you feeling about Pittsburgh going in this year? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too high on Pittsburgh this year, even though they, you know, coming off of winning 12 games. I uh, don't really think the yards makers are as well, you know, setting them at eight and a half. And, you know, they got out to a really hot start and it looked like, you know, legit Super Bowl contenders winning their first 11 games. But from that point on, they just went one and five. And finished, you know, twelve and five, uh, twelve and five, and they included a, a blowout playoff loss uh, to the Browns. Mm-hmm. So they're just, um, I'm just not as high as on them. I think they have a lot of holes to fill. You know, replacing the offensive line. You know, for a lot of years they had one of the best offensive line units, ranking, you know, top five or better. Um, now they have to just replace pretty much the entire line. I think they have just one returning starter, and you know. A lot of people seeing, you know, what Tom Brady's able to do at an advanced age and think that's, you know, pretty much the norm for these quarterbacks in today's era. But I just don't think that Ben Roethlisberger is going to, is getting any better. Um, and they, you know, switched out an offensive coordinator who I think, you know, is a little bit more, you know, creative when it comes to, to play calling and creativity and stuff like that. But I think just because they have, you know, too, too many holes to fill, and they're in a division, you know, with the Ravens and the Browns, and both of those teams have gotten a lot better, especially with the Browns bringing in uh, Stavansky as the head coach, who's gotten, you know, Baker Mayfield to play a lot better and more consistent, and with them getting, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. back to the mix and a couple other guys they brought in on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I just think that the Steelers are, you know, the third best team, you know, in their own division, so I'm I'm not that high on them this year. You guys said a lot of good things. I think a lot of things I could probably go ahead and touch on. Uh, Uncle Dave with the media, I agree with you. Sometimes it's how you finish, and then it's the off season, and things didn't look exactly all that great, you know, for Pittsburgh the way that they finished the year and throughout the off season. And Smooth, you had mentioned the holes that they had to fill, and they're the complete opposite in my eyes of what New England did. New England filled all the holes. Uh, Pittsburgh didn't. For me, it comes down to. Pittsburgh has to stay healthy this year. And if they can stay healthy, I think that they can go ahead and probably win nine games and exceed their season win total. But there are a lot of question marks, you know, around Big Ben. And I think a lot of that's media driven. 
they do have probably, in my opinion, one of the best wide receiver cores in the league. But I think a lot of the media stuff, Uncle Dave, is, is what's driving me to being a little bit more optimistic on Pittsburgh. I know Big Ben's getting older, and that's fine. And quarterbacks get older, and they tend to fall off a cliff. But I'm not going to go ahead and just throw Big Ben in the garbage. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback, an all-time quarterback who, in my opinion, will bounce back and have a better year this year than he did last year. I think a lot of that had to do with you know, the fact that he had like Tommy John surgery on his elbow. He absolutely shredded his elbow. Um, and we know that he's not exactly, you know, Mr. Offseason when it comes to, you know, going ahead and getting in shape. And then you had guys like Deontay Johnson who missed some time. Juju was probably trying to figure out what the hell his role is, you know, with that team. Was he the number one? Was he the number two? And then Claypool, you know, being a new target for Big Ben. So there were a lot of thing, things that just – uh, in my opinion, at least with that Pittsburgh offense, that they worked really well for like the first 11 games and that team peaked out. And I think that that particular team can come back here, you know, again this year, the fact that they have a running game now. So if that team was able to go ahead and win, you know, 11 games last year with, you know, Big Ben, just, I mean, I guess you kind of have to just stop and think about it. Like he was coming off for of surgery. There were, you know, wide receivers in in that particular team who, we're taking different type of roles and guys at Big Ben didn't exactly have a whole hell of a lot of, you know, rapport with. And then a running back in James Conner, who, you know, he's no longer there. Like there were just a lot of things that like you can say that were red flags last year, but still they ripped off 11 straight wins. I think they're going to be in a better position this year. The offensive line, that does worry me. Some of the losses on defense, that does worry me. But as I had mentioned, I think it comes down to health. If this team can stay healthy and Big Ben could go ahead and kind of not pick up where he left off in the beginning of, you know, last year, but just go ahead and say, you know what, I know what I have. I know what I have to work with. Maybe we can go ahead and make this thing work. I think Pittsburgh stands a very good chance to go ahead and maybe win, you know, nine, ten games. I'm seeing a lot of people right now with Big Ben in their quarterback rankings you know, maybe the 22nd best quarterback in the league. And I just think that that's absolutely crazy. Again, this guy last year, you know, didn't have the greatest year, but, you know, he was coming off of a, a pretty nasty injury and it was going to take some time. And maybe towards the end of the year, maybe he did wear down. I don't know. But I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, they just deflated like a big balloon. And we know what happens when you lose one game with an undefeated season. Generally, you're looking to go ahead and you're looking to fade them again. And they just kind of, you know, crumbled, fell apart. And some of the teams who, you know, needed to get better throughout the year, you know, they did get better, you know, like the Browns. Like, you know, they didn't start out exactly super duper hot. And they ran up against some of those type of teams who, you know, were improving. And Pittsburgh, they didn't improve at the end of the year. They kind of fell off. So it looked really bad. And I think the media narrative, you know, was just nothing but negative against against Pittsburgh. But look, it's, it's the Steelers. They're... Uh, they're going to come to play each and every week. And I have nothing but the utmost confidence in somebody like Mike Tomlin to go ahead and, uh, you know, get his team playing well. So uh, it's not that I'm high on Pittsburgh. It's just that I feel like eight and a half might be a little bit low, but I am optimistic on big Ben coming back and having a big season. I think the people who have him rated as like the 20th rated quarterback or even a worse than that um, are just out of their minds. I think big Ben has, probably a pretty big season. Now their season schedule is not going to be all that easy. Um, they do have one of the hardest schedules for this upcoming year. So they are going to have to navigate through that, come out, play tough 
And as I mentioned, they're going to have to stay healthy because I really think that's where it all lies, you know, for Pittsburgh. If they end up losing like a Najee Harris and maybe one of their wide receivers, um, it could be trouble, you know, even with a couple of defensive guys going down. Um, They might be looking to scramble to fill holes because I had mentioned, you know, that that team didn't do the greatest job filling holes. Uh, like I said, the you know, the, the New England Patriots did. So uh, we'll see how Pittsburgh pans out. Now, Philadelphia, they're an interesting team. They have 75-1 to 1 Super Bowl odds this year. Uh, look, Philadelphia's not going to make the Super Bowl. They're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, uh, not with that particular team. Their season win total, 6.5 right now. A lot of juice on the over. I'm seeing right now on FanDuel, over 50, 6.5. Uncle Dave, I'll let you go ahead and talk about Philadelphia first. How are you feeling about them for the season? Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, I'm going to defer to my friend in Pennsylvania on this one. Um, you know, all the talk is Jalen Hurts this and Jalen Hurts that, and, you know, we got Devonta Smith. Well, that's all well and good, but, you know, I, you know, I don't know if Hurts is the man or not. Um, he obviously, you know, he knows how to win, yes, but I question his health, and, and God forbid they should have either Flacco or Nick Mullins um, under center. And I think what really concerns me, is that defense, you know, I mean, all we're hearing about is offense, offense, offense. But, you know, that's a that's a defense that gave up 418 points last year. Um, uh, for argument's sake or for comparison's sake, that was almost 100 more points than Washington gave up. So, you know, I look at the team, yeah, they were 4-11, and 11, but they were minus 84 in point differential. So I'm not ready to call under on this one yet, uh, but I am not uh, sold on the Phillies. You know, yes, we have a new head coach, uh, but – I, I just don't know if they have the talent, Sleepy. So I think in the end, I, I would probably side with you uh, because that is kind of your team. But I am I am not endorsing the Eagles here by any means. All right, so Uncle Dave, he's not going to endorse the Eagles. What about you, Smoothie? Are you going to endorse the Eagles or no? Yeah, I like the Eagles. Um, I would play their season win total over the six and a half, laying the 150. I think um, last year's season, it was to me, it was kind of pretty much you know, behind the eight ball before he even got started, you know, their projected uh, starting offensive line, you know, they was missing about three guys uh, before the season even got started. And they opened up with Washington, you know, on the road. And then also they took a cluster of injuries to their wide receiving core um, led by Alshon Jeffrey and their, you know, first round draft paper out of TCU, Jalen Rager. And pretty much all year, they never played, you know, one game, you know, with their projected, you know, starters on the offensive line or their starting receivers, you know, at all. So I think just from the standpoint of them having a little bit better uh, luck of, of being healthy, they should go over this uh, win total. The uh, winning, uh, the team that won the division last year with the Redskins or Washington football team, excuse me, um, won seven games. So set at six and a half. I wouldn't be shocked if they had a chance to, you know, win that division because the division winner the last couple of years has, you know, struggled to be eight and eight. So I wouldn't count out the Eagles, of you know, winning this division and, and just playing some really good ball. You know, I like Jalen Hurts. You know, he showed that he could be, you know, a better a passer from the pocket once he got to Oklahoma, you know, with somebody like Lincoln Riley that brought out the best, you know, his best passing ability. And you also saw that the team rallied around him you know, a lot once he, you know, stepped in for Carson Wentz. And, you know, they scored a couple more points than what they did, you know, overall for the season. But him getting another training camp, another preseason under his belt, and, you know, bringing in, you know, Jalen Rager healthy this year and drafting, you know, Devontae Smith to, 
you know, enhance their receiving core and, you know, just, you know, just off the strength of being healthier this year than last year, I think that they should go over this win total and just the prior two seasons, you know, they averaged nine wins while dealing with some, some injuries, but just not as much as they did last year. So if they are able to stay, you know, healthier this year compared to last year, you know, I like this season win total and I wouldn't count them out from winning the NFC East either. Hey, um, I'm smooth before sleepy sort of moves on to his take on the Eagles. You know, I have to ask, I, I have to ask is, um, I wonder if you're from Philadelphia because that sure sounded like a Homer take and that you've been drinking an awful lot of green Kool-Aid lately. So could you clarify that for me? No, I'm from Vegas, born and raised. All right, fair enough. It's just, you know, you sound really convinced that the, the Eagles are, are going to go over their win total. And I, I don't disagree with you. I told you guys earlier, I don't, I don't have a huge take on it. But if that ever sounded like a Homer handicap, that was it, buddy. Not a Philadelphia fan, 49ers fan through and through, but just see a ton of value in, you know, this year's Eagles compared to last year's. I hope you're right. All right, so with those two guys out of the way, I'll give my take here on the Eagles. This team is probably the team that I know, if not the best, second best. I watch Philadelphia uh, pretty much every week because my best friend uh, is a diehard Eagles fan. He actually called off at work tonight to watch the Eagles' first preseason game. Uh, That's how much he likes the Eagles. So I deep dive into this team, you know, each and every week. I think that this Eagles team potentially could be the biggest Jekyll and Hyde team in the league. So let's just start out with the quarterback position. You have a, a, a new young quarterback. Yeah, we got exposed a little bit to Jalen Hurts last year, but we have no idea, you know, what this Eagles offense is going to look like with a healthy offensive line. And, and that was really one of their big issues last year. The offensive line was not healthy. And when you have an offensive line that's not healthy and you have a quarterback back there scrambling for his life trying to throw the ball to you know, wide receivers that he's never heard of that are coming off the practice squad and grocery stores and bringing guys in that, that, you know, don't know the system. It was going to make for an ugly situation in Philadelphia. And that's one of the reasons why Carson Wentz isn't there, which I think was a a huge, huge mistake for Philadelphia. I thought they should have got rid of the coach and instead they get rid of the coach and the quarterback. I think that sets them up uh, for a difficult position because now you bring in a new head coach. Now you have Jalen Hurts who, is really, in my opinion, he's unproven. And I I broke down some of the stats from he and Carson Wentz last year, and they looked very similar. Both guys struggled. So I don't know what Hurts is going to look like this year. And then you talk about, you know, Jalen Rigger coming back and being healthy. Um, You know, they go out and they get, you know, Alabama, the Heisman Trophy uh, winner in Devontae Smith to see what he's going to look like. You know, you have Miles Sanders back there, who I think is a very good running back. You still have Goddard. You still have Ertz. So, there's an offense there that could actually be really good. It's just we don't know yet uh, what that offense is going to look like. As far as the defense is concerned, uh, I do have my question marks, but I feel like the defensive line for Philly you know, has been the big anchor for them you know, throughout the last couple of years. And I think bringing in guys like Slay uh, is going to help that Eagles secondary. So I think the defense will be slightly improved. But I felt like the defense last year, Uncle Dave, had their just they struggled so much because the offense just simply could not move the ball. That defense was out on the field a lot. I think this version of Philadelphia will actually help the defense out a little bit. My concern for Philly, and I think they will be Jekyll and Hyde this year, at least when you look at the wins and losses, is because of the schedule. Now, a lot of the you know quote unquote guru guys, 
they have Philly as like, you know, between the 12th and 15th hardest schedule in the league. I'm, I'm not buying that. I think Philadelphia has a very hard schedule. They end up with the last bye week of the season. I think it's like week 14 they get their bye. And that particular area is where the Eagles end up with probably their largest group of games that they're going to be favored in and that they could potentially win. Their first like 12 weeks, it's no cakewalk. Are there teams in there they can beat? Yes, but they're going to be stuck with those teams that they can beat you know, in back-to-back situations. So I think the schedule has a lot to do with the success that Philly has this year. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, if this offense could really get rolling, because I think this offense could be good. In my opinion, I think Philadelphia could look very similar to what Lamar Jackson looked like uh, maybe in his first year where it was like, you know what, this guy's good. They're going to break out. And maybe they do have some Jekyll and Hyde kind of moments. That's just kind of how I'm feeling about Philly. As far as their season win total, six and a half, I, I think that they could win nine games this year, and I think that they can win four. And I think it's going to be that drastic of, of a difference. I don't think they're going to be in the middle. I don't think they're going to win around six and a half games. I think it's either going to be they're going to exceed by, by a good margin or they're going to go under by a good margin. And I think a lot of it has to do with that schedule. It's just not all that easy. And I think if they do go over their total, they're going to end up winning eight, nine games. And, and I could understand Smooth's, you know, saying that maybe they could win the division because maybe there's not a 10 a 10 win team in that division right now uh it all comes down to if that offense can go ahead and and really gel together and stay healthy i don't like the health uh for philadelphia as far as the guys that i see out there on the field there there have been injury concerns with a lot of the guys that are already out there so uh we'll see how how it all pans out i'm not high i'm not low on on philly i'm kind of just I guess the easiest way for me to say is I'm kind of just waiting to see. But I do expect a Jekyll and Hyde type of season uh, from Philadelphia this year. But with all that said, let's talk about the game tonight. Philadelphia, they'll be uh, right around minus one. We have a total. uh, I've seen a lot of 35 and a halves out there on the pregame.com game center. Uncle Dave, I'll start out with you. Pittsburgh, Philly, how are you feeling about that one for tonight? Um, You know, this is a tough one. You got two very obvious angles here in the in the in the first year head coaches tend to do well in their first home game, so that would suggest the Eagles. And then you have the Steelers playing their second game, so that would suggest Pittsburgh. Um, but the reality, sleepy, is that those two things are already factored into the line. They're very public, very obvious. So you got to kind of look for things that that aren't so. And the total jumped way up as well as it did in the other game. And I'm actually kind of in agreement with that over. You know, I think Hertz has to play well. He has to have a sense of urgency, I think, maybe to silence some of his critics. And I think he needs to get the team behind him. Um, not as much as maybe Tua does in Miami, but I see a little bit of a similarity there. Um, but as far as tonight's game, you know, behind him, at least I got some experience uh, with Flat, Flacco and Mullins. And, you know, the same can be said about the Steelers' QB rotation with uh, Rudolph, Dobbs, and Haskins. So I think what I'm going to do here, Sleepy, is I would default to something I used to use a lot, uh, which is quarterback athleticism. You know, uh, late in the game, um, that matters. I think both Dodge and certainly Haskins can make plays with their feet. And I think if they're in there in the fourth quarter playing against the C team, I think that gives them a big advantage. You know, there's lots of broken plays. They have the they have the C team offensive line. So while I don't love this game, I think I have to take Pittsburgh. I think their quarterback rotation uh, and the edge from having played a game probably trumps most everything else, in my opinion. All right, so there's Uncle Dave with his thoughts on that one. How about you, Smooth? How are you feeling about Pittsburgh and 
Philadelphia tonight? Uh, I lean towards the the Eagles, but I like the total even better. So I, I agree with Uncle Dave there. Um, seeing that you know Jalen Hurts is a, a little bit unproven. You know, going back to your going back to your statement, I expect him to play. You know, a lot more than what a typical you know starter going into the season would would play. And he, he does have a lot of offensive weapons around him. So being the type of year that they just came off of, you know, not being that great and, you know, him, you know, wanting to prove that he's, you know, QB1 in Philadelphia, um, I think that you could see them score a lot of points. And then obviously Pittsburgh, they have a game under their belt and they have a pretty good quarterback rotation, whether uh, Ben Roethlisberger plays or not. You know, I like Dobbs more than Haskins, but they were still able to move the ball and, you know, scores, you know, 16 or 17 points in that Hall of Fame game against the Cowboys. So I would look to play the the over in this game. I'm with you, Smooth. I like the over as well. I think there's just too many quarterbacks with too much talent and too much pedigree, um, you know, at least, you know, with, with years under their belt to not be able to move these offenses up and down the field. And Uncle Dave talked about it. You know, when he was talking about Philadelphia with Sirianni coming in, you know, you always want to win the first one, you know, for the head coach. But Pittsburgh in the in preseason, they're no slouch. Tomlin doesn't let his team go out there and just, you know, kind of go through the motions. And I don't believe he'll, you know, more than likely probably do that tonight. You know, one of the things I was looking at was like, you know, they were talking about all these starters that were going to end up playing. And then they were also talking about a lot of the starters that were not going to play because of injury. So, um, I think there's going to be a lot of holes, you know, within that that first that first line for both teams um, that are going to end up being exposed, and a lot of that's on the defensive side of the ball. And like I said in the last game, I felt like both teams kind of knew who their running back situation was going to end up being. I feel like it's probably going to end up being the same uh, for this particular game. I think the wide receivers are probably more of a question mark here for Philadelphia, you know, versus Pittsburgh. But I like Pittsburgh's kind of quarterback battle that they seem like they're going through right now with Rudolph Haskins and Dobbs. I'm on the opposite of you, Smoove. I think Haskins is in, in, I think he's in one of those weird positions. And I think all these quarterbacks for Pittsburgh are kind of in a weird position because let's say Ben decides to go ahead and call it, call it a year. I think the guy with the most to lose on the Pittsburgh side is Haskins because he could potentially end up out of this league. But, you know, all reports are saying right now that he actually looks pretty good, that he fits in well with this with this Pittsburgh team. I think he comes out tonight and he he really tries to showcase like, look, you know, it's, I'm not going to let Dobbs beat me out or I'm or maybe he could beat Rudolph out. So uh, we'll see. But I think we see a lot of competitive play from the quarterbacks tonight. And I think that they will be slinging it around uh, probably quite a bit. That's why I do like the over in this game. I think that, you know, both teams will be throwing it around and Sirianni already had mentioned you know, when it comes to Philadelphia, that he expects a certain amount of output from his starting offense. And if he doesn't get it, um, they're going to remain out on the field. And I think I could be wrong with this, but I, Uncle Dave might actually remember this. I think it was New England. Maybe it was with Cam Newton last year where they came out and it was like they were only supposed to play a certain amount of time. And he just like literally left them on the field for it almost ended up being like three quarters or the entire first half because they simply just were screwing up and not doing things right now. They still put points on the board, but I guess Belichick wasn't exactly happy. Like he wanted to see something from that offense and he didn't get it. So they ended up having to play a whole hell of a lot longer. I think Sirianni has kind of mentioned the same thing that he's taking that same approach tonight. 
you know, with Philadelphia that he wants to see certain things, you know, go ahead and, and take form. I think you mentioned it's move is that, you know, a lot of these guys are unproven. They have to prove, you know, certain things, but they need to get the team behind them. And if this, like I mentioned, I think this could be a pretty good offense. Now, you no, know, you won't have Smith out there, but you're going to have a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the bigger players for Philadelphia. If they could at least go ahead and get Hertz out there and get him with the driver two under his belt where he looks good and the offense looks good and the O-line's holding up, you know, that, that gives them reason to go in and believe like, you know what, maybe we're not all that bad, uh, especially in live action. So, uh, I'll go ahead. I'll play the over. I think that that's probably the play. As far as the side's concerned, I lean a little bit to Pittsburgh just because I think that their quarterback rotation is better. And I like the fact that they do have a game under their belt. And Tomlin, you know, has actually shown that he's no slouch in the preseason. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'll play the over slightly into Pittsburgh. But that'll wrap it up, guys. Good podcast from us. Talk to four teams here. And we go and we went, get a, and we went ahead and we gave out. Uh, our picks for this evening um you guys can jump over to bettingpredators.com you guys can check out our preseason package uh you guys will get all the season long player props and you also get our season long uh team totals and you also have some some tools in there that you guys can use um for the regular season and with our regular season package uh, i actually haven't spoke to chris yet on exactly what we're going to do or how we're going to do it but i know he's got a lot uh cooking up for the regular season so Uh, Be on the lookout for that. Make sure you guys check that out at thebettingpredators.com. But you know where to find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. You know where to get Uncle Dave at Dave underscore Essler. And you guys can find Jay Smoove at Smoove underscore 702. And we're all over at the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on your Thursday. Enjoy the games.